Welcome to Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, and episode number 85, featuring Natalie Sugars, is coming up in just a second. But first, we have a new episode for you at our coronavirus page. Now, I know many of you are probably, at this point, overwhelmed with coronavirus information, but this episode specifically deals with reopening your business and how you should approach things with clients and employees alike. The episode features Marilee Orsini, President and CEO of Core Cubed Aging Care Marketing. Get connected to this special edition at the top of WomenReallyMeanBusiness.com or go to WomenReallyMeanBusiness.com slash coronavirus. Okay. Our guest this week is Natalie Sugars. She is a nationally renowned singer, actress, three-time Maxim Magazine model, and host and creator of the hit show, Nat Around Town. She's had a lot of external success, but beneath the surface is the story of a survivor that has overcome a lot to get to where she is, and she talks about the mindset you need to keep going towards your dreams. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, episode number 85, begins now. Welcome to Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, the podcast that tells you the story of how women are impacting business, one guest at a time. Now here's your host, Jeff Bolitnikoff, with another successful woman and her unique business journey. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. I'm Jeff Blitnikoff, and I'm very pleased to have Natalie Sugars with me. And I tell you what, Natalie, she's a fellow Pittsburgher like me, and she does so much. She's, first of all, nationally renowned singer, actress, three-time Maxim magazine model, but she's also a host and creator of the hit show Nat Around Town. She's performed nationally from the Sages of Vegas to the House of Blues. She's got a studio album coming out pretty soon. Uh, she wrote a fight song for the six-time Super Bowl champions, Pittsburgh Steelers, and it was on ESPN as a best fight song of the year. My God, I could read your bio all night, Natalie, but I think I'm just going <laughs> to welcome you to the podcast. Thanks for your time. Oh my gosh. Hi, Jeff. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to, you know, powwow with my fellow burger here. You know, Pittsburgh's a great city and it's great to have someone like you here and to recognize us ladies in the business and leadership world. So thank you for having me. Oh, well, thank you for being here. And I'm going to be a little nebby. And for those of you that aren't <laughs> familiar with, with Pittsburgh slang. That means I'm going to be nosy <laughs> about your background. But of course, I'm going to hand the mic over to you, as I always do with our guests, and have you expand on your bio and have you kind of go over your story with the audience. So the floor is yours, Natalie. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, I think it's so great to be able to just, you know, sort of, you know, talk, you know, you know off the cuff, you know, as they say. And, you know, for me, especially, you know, going through the last couple of years and really starting to develop and then launch some of the things that you mentioned in my bio, like the show, Nat Around Town, which is my streaming show, and, you know, getting ready to to launch the studio album, my first one ever, a very long and overdue one in the making called Veni Vidi Vici. I came, I saw, I conquered. You know, it, it's been a long time coming. And I had spent the past, you know, few years of my life uh, really kind of being silent on the sidelines there and 
really just, you know, honing my skills, taking what I've learned and all I used to be, and then figuring out how to put my puzzle pieces together to now become who I am. And of course, putting on no restraint and no filters, you know, totally non-vanilla, completely 100% authentic Natalie. Um, for what my future will be. And and so, you know, for there, you know, I think, you know, the bio is pretty self-explanatory. I mean, and, but I think one of the biggest things about me that, that I'm going to be talking about here and now and going into my future, because I've realized more than ever that it is so important to the, uh, the strength that comes behind them that might lift them up and inspire them to overcome the adversities that they might be facing. So I kind of want to talk about some of the non-typical bio stuff, if that's okay with you. Yeah. And I was just going to say that that's a good way, a good segue, I should say, to talk about, there's always this public image of success that people have. Like you list anybody's accomplishments. And certainly on this podcast, we have people that are very accomplished. But what I find most interesting is the story behind those accomplishments, the struggle, the times where you have self-doubt, the times where you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to make it and the things you have to overcome. So yes, I would love it if you could share some of what has made you what you are today. Back with our guest's answer in just a second. You know, podcasts, if you're ever interested in doing one yourself, are affordable but they do have expenses to them. And this podcast is no exception. We would really appreciate your support. Now, if it can't be monetary, then please share it or tell someone about it. You can help us grow. But if you can afford $5 a month or $10 a month, that would be appreciated. And you'll get something back for your support. $5 patrons get extras from our guest where they answer three additional questions. $10 patrons get what $5 patrons do, but they also get the podcast before anyone else. Please consider becoming a patron by visiting the top of womenreallymeanbusiness.com. And if you have questions, contact me. Thanks for thinking about this. Let's get back to the podcast. Absolutely. And I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And thank you. And, you know, I think for me, I think it really, you know, the biggest thing here is, you know, you don't have to come from something to be someone, lesson number one. <laughs> and for me, I mean, I, I grew up in a single wide mobile home in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, that is 45 minutes east of the city of Pittsburgh. And I had a, a father who was a landscaper and mother that was a homemaker. And we didn't have much, you know, they never made it. I never wanted for anything. They made a lot go a long way as, you know, a lot of people can be very, very good at that, you know, and my parents were. And, but unfortunately they had honestly a very troubled marriage and they fought constantly and were very abusive towards one another. And of course that can trickle down into the effects of you in a childhood growing up in a home that's roaring with, you know, anger and fighting all the time, a lot of stress, a lot of physical abuse, to be honest. And so I, I didn't have a break there at home and I would go to school. And because I was always such a little fry, I'm a tiny little girl. And when I was young, I was very small and kids, you know, they would make fun of me a lot and bully me. And then of course on the school bus, I would get made fun of because I lived in a, in a trailer, but I had good morals and values. I was certainly certainly not, you know, what they, the things that they would tease and make fun of me for, but I grew up with bullying. So I, I never caught a break at home. It was constant fighting and an and attack. And my parents would then start to put me in the middle of everything, which really stunk. You know, it was very hard. And, and at school, there was no escape for it. So I lived in constant chaos and in a world of, um, I never had any peace ever and pockets of it. I had a very happy childhood. Don't get me wrong, but it was not 
typical. It was not easy, but it was not worse or better than what some and others have. But from there, I grew up. And when I was in high school, I had a very unfortunate thing happen where one of the girls who, you know, would watch me and I was friends with everybody by high school. And I wasn't just getting bullied anymore because, you know, the cute girl and <laughs> and I was uh, friends with everybody. And, and I the, my personality that is totally the exact same person I am now, which has always been me as a kid, bubbly and fun, outgoing and, you know, a little sporty. I was a little bit of a girly girl. I was a little bit of a theater kid. So I was friends with everybody. And this girl really, really didn't like it. And there were a couple of things that transpired and she ended up attacking me in high school and my jaw was broken in three places. My nose was broken. I had teeth that were busted out and my jaw was wired shut for eight weeks, which has happened in April of my junior year. So that was not fun. It did not make for a fun summer. It ended up with me actually not returning to my high school for my senior year. And I graduated early because there were some very things that were not handled properly by my high school at the time and, and lots of different things there that were coming out in more detail with, with my story actually here soon enough. But from there, I had to really overcome. I was angry. I was upset that this happened. I didn't understand why. I, I didn't do anything to deserve this. I didn't think so. And it was tough because I wanted to be a singer ever since I was a little girl. And I wanted to, to go out there and be on, on, the, uh, on the stage. And I wanted to actually audition for Juilliard that summer. And I couldn't do any of it because my jaw was wired shut. So this changed my life. This was a game changer. And from that anger, then grew, I'm going to say a little bit of moxie. You know, before then I was kind of like a, a goody two-shoes. I didn't really have a, I didn't have an edge. I was a, I was a pretty good kid. And after that, I, I will admit, it is not uh, maybe great to uh, to say, oh, do this. No, certainly don't. But I think I sort of kind of went into more of edgier personality of myself. You know, I pushed the envelope. I stayed out way past curfew. You know, I was, let's try smoking cigarettes and drinking and, you know, these things that you should not be doing it as a young kid. And I do not condone that behavior by any, you know, stretch of the imagination. But this is back in the heyday, back when I was, this is what happened to me. And, but I will tell you though, that what then transpired after going through all of that, I look back at it now as, as a more developed woman in my life and in my career. And I thank God that it happened. Those terrible things. I actually thank God that they happened because they have shaped and molded me into the woman that I am today. And it was just a few years ago now that I got the phone call from uh, an amazing, amazing man named Joseph uh, Com, And he is a school teacher for the Greater Latrobe School District. Funny enough, the school that all this bad stuff and negativity surrounded. And, you know, when I, um, when this happened to me in, in school and I'll full, come full circle, but I ended up leaving and I graduated high school on a tour bus at 17 years of age. So I didn't go to Juilliard. I got a little moxie and I decided, you know what? I'm leaving. And I auditioned for a band with uh, a band that was touring at the Sheraton hotel that night. Got the job that night, went home, threw everything I owned in the garbage bags and left to go on tour and never permanently returned to Pittsburgh until 11 and a half years ago now. From there, that's where the Maxim and the acting and traveling around the world and touring and cruise ships in Vegas and everything else came until I came back here, and including my old record deal I left and then came back here and then did the things that you know you just mentioned. But a few years ago, a man called me and said, I want to put you in the legendary locals of Latrobe book, along with Fred Rogers and Arnold Palmer. And I thought it was, I thought it was a prank phone call. I'm like, no, you don't really, really, really. And it was such a huge honor, 
you know, for me. And to be honest with you, it was that moment and being a part of that publication that truly hit home and has now laid the groundwork for everything I'm currently doing. From the Steel Proud Project, which is actually Pittsburgh's first anthem that I wrote, and it's going to be coming out and launching. And, and when I say anthem, don't confuse me only with, you know, sports or and or football, you know. This is actually for our entire city. It encompasses every accolade we've ever made through, you know, the steel mills to the way that we are now in this complete, amazing renaissance phase from our medicine and our technology and just who we are as Pittsburgh people because that is what has made me who I am today as well. And and it's a survivor and it's a it's a it's a strong resilience and perseverant nature. And but yeah, so anyways, you know, so that's a little bit of my background that a lot of people don't know. It's an amazing story and it's one of perseverance, of overcoming and resilience. And those are ingredients that successful people have and you have that in abundance and it's no wonder that you've had all the success you've had and more to come in the future. And I'd like to morph this interview a little bit here because we've got about eight minutes left in the interview and I think you have something really important to say to our audience. So what I'm going to do is the resource question. There's so many resources we can point people at. We're going to have those in the resource section, but I'd almost like to hand the mic back over to you. That's kind of an unusual thing on this podcast. I don't think it's ever happened yet, but I think (laughs) what I think I'd like you to do is we have about, again, we try to keep the podcast around like 20 minutes or so. So with about the last like seven or eight minutes, I'd like you to address the audience and talk about the resilience, talk about the mindset that you need to be successful. And we are even talking off the air too, that there, there's inherent jealousy and envy that comes with that as well. When people only want to look at your public image and don't see all of the things that go into that and don't see all the things that you have to overcome. So if you could talk to the audience about, about maybe maybe there's people that are struggling in their business or struggling with things in their lives, and maybe you can provide some inspiration to them. So again, I hand the mic back over to you, Natalie. <laughs> well, thanks, Jeff. Oh my goodness, one hundred percent, you hit the nail on the head there. I've had to rise above a lot of stigmas, and one of them has been the way I look and my bubbly personality. I won't go into, you know, long stories here, but two great examples through me in my life. Because you mentioned I was a three-time Maxim Magazine model. Okay. So then I guess from book definition, some people might think I'm a cute girl. Well, then most people probably hate me. And then not only that, but because honestly, the thing that has made me the girl that I am, which I am who I am. I have been the same girl that I am today at 37. I have been since the day I was born. I'm happy and I'm bubbly and I'm positive. And I, unfortunately, I guess I will say, unfortunately strong, you know, my father, I have a little sister who is struggling with an opioid addiction. And, you know, my father, they will, they will forget to even ask me how I'm doing because it's like, well, we know you're fine. You're the strong one, you know, so I'll say unfortunate sometimes, but fortunate that I am strong and that I was able to overcome the things that I have in my life. But the stigmas are there, no matter, no matter whether I am really this way, the only my close personal friends and everything can really, I guess, know and love that. People even listening to this may still not believe it, but it's really true. I am who I am and I'm not fake. There's nothing there, but it is a stigma. And because if you look good, 
people are going to hate you. You know, if you took pride in your appearance, people aren't going to like you. And gosh, if you add bubbliness and positive attitude to it, people are going to really hate you. And that's tough. I mean, I once had a girlfriend who was supposed to be a great friend tell me that if I was ever in an accident and had a disfigurement of my face, that I would not have the success that I have today. Talk about jealousy. Talk about having to overcome things. I once had to take an odds and ends job working for a dental practice in my younger years as I was evolving and singing and doing gigs and whatnot. And I literally had the group of women, they would leave for lunch and not even invite me. And it hurt my feelings. And I had the courage enough to ask them why they did this. And they said, because you're just too happy. So it's unfortunate, but we all go through those things. And I think what it is, is how to take the negative and turn it into something positive. Like for me, being creative and allowing myself to use the courage that I found to chase my dreams was a huge help. And now I get to speak to kids. My high school honored me at homecoming and had me come back and it was beautiful. It was homecoming weekend and they were there and they want me to come back and talk to the students on bullying and what happened to me. So talk about full circle, which is a beautiful thing. But keeping your mind healthy is also important. I exercise a lot. It keeps the body and the mind working and thriving and going and running in the right direction and taking some of those other things too and turning into positive. I was a woman who overcame and survived an abusive relationship in my mid-20s and now actually with Nat Around Town as a platform, I actually want to do an episode on women's self-defense. So I think it's using what you have went through and now being able to pay it forward in a way that's really great. But in order to do that, you have to know, be, and stay who you are. Hold on to what your values are, what inspires you, what brings you positivity and fulfillment in your life. And most importantly, learn to recognize and let go of those who don't. Surround yourself with those who can shower you with a myriad of positive influence and those who you admire for various reasons. Because remember the old-fashioned saying, you are the company that you keep. And Jeff, as I mentioned to you, my early adult years clearly were not lived in a conventional way. I was not a part of the world of academia. Um, I did not go to college. I was self-taught. I had to learn from those who I had in my circle in order to grow and expand my mind beyond what I was already cognizant of. So my future and success depended on me keeping my mind focused on that. And I'm blessed to have had some great mentors in my life. Mentors and the company you keep is huge. The way that you keep your positive mindset is huge. These mentors have most certainly played a role in the woman that I have become today. And inadvertently, they have coached me in how to not only survive, but to thrive in a man's world, which is also great. I'll close it with saying this. Life is all about balance, but know who you are. Surround yourself with great people. Be strong. Be positive. Be resilient. Be perseverant. And know that life is all about balance. There are going to be darker days. There are going to be better, brighter, sunnier days. There's going to be a balance of the business mind versus the creative mind. There really is. And how you had said at the very beginning, all these different things, you know, that I do. And I had a lot of people who still tell me, this is ridiculous. Pick one. And I say, absolutely (laughs) not. Just because you can't, just because you can't do it all doesn't mean that I can. So know who you are, you know, know your truth and know who you are for sure. And stand strong. 
Yeah, it's funny. The uh, people that will tell you that they don't live a day in your life and they don't really know That's right. <laughs> what you're capable of and they don't know what interests you. So what a perfect way to close out the podcast. And Natalie Sugars, uh, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to have links to everything that you talked about. And then I'm sure there's more links that I've missed that you'll email to me and we'll have a complete <laughs> list for people. But thank you so much for joining us this week. Oh, absolutely, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's great to have uh, this platform, and I'm, I'm so proud of you for everything that you're doing. Oh, thank you. On the next episode of Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, Jessica Rhodes knows how to get you found and heard by ideal clients via being a podcast guest. She breaks down the power of the podcasting space and busts up commonly held myths that you might have about podcasting. And here's a little bit from Jessica. When people who listen to your podcast interviews come to a sales consultation with you, they are going to be your best prospects because they already know, like, and trust you. They already feel like there's a connection and a bond with you. So it really will help close sales faster and it will help get your story out there in a really powerful way. Interested in becoming a guest? Check out our Being a Guest page at WomenReallyMeanBusiness.com. All levels of business accepted. We love a wide range of stories.